0: Hi, and welcome to Land-Grant Holy Land Uncut. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview sessions with Ohio State players, coaches, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. On today's episode, you will hear from new Ohio State men's basketball assistant coach Tony Skin. Last week, after having been on the job for just about a month, he did an introductory press conference that actually included real live reporters in the very same room that he was in, as well as others asking questions via Zoom. In the presser, he talked about what brought him to Ohio State, what he hopes to bring to Ohio State, his background and his strengths, the current Buckeye roster, and what he thinks about certain other players that may or may not be returning to it come fall. Now, before we get into that audio, if you're finding this episode on our website, landgrantholyland.com, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so that you can get all of the unique, varied perspectives that you will only hear from Land Grant Holy Land. We are giving you a different podcast episode nearly every single weekday, and more to come during football season, with voices and focuses that you won't hear anywhere else in the Buckeye podcasting universe, for better or for worse. So, now, with that out of the way, here's Ohio State assistant men's basketball coach Tony Skin.
1: Coach Tony Skin, been here what about a month
2: now? Or uh, or- since May 24th, been back and forth a little bit um, between uh, Columbus and, and Jersey, but my official uh, hire date was uh, May 24th, so um, approaching a good month.
1: Welcome to Columbus, Coach. Yeah. I appreciate <laughs> it, man. Glad to be here. Recruits in every day. And he's <laughs> hasn't even had fun for a place to live. So man, it's been crazy. Been you gonna gonna stop. Adam, you want to go ahead and start and we'll just bounce around where we got questions. Well, like you said, it's been roughly a month since you're officially hired. So how settled are you starting to feel what has the last month
2: been like for you? I mean it's been it's been a whirlwind to say the least, um, you know, between trying to get acclimated with the job. Um, but also trying to figure things out from a personal level, um, it's it's been a whirlwind, and you know, obviously, I'm excited to be here. I know, you know, the recruits, our coaching staff, we're all excited to just kind of get back to some normalcy uh, with getting guys on campus and stuff like that. So it's been, I mean, it's been nonstop, man. It's been pretty much 30 days straight, nothing in between, with just getting guys on campus. Has the majority of your time you been not looking? like a house or things like that, then what's so, the what, recruiting is the focused on? you know, her team, what's your, team? What, what's your like, job? I think um, for, for me personally, it's really just getting a chance to to know our guys. Um, you know, when you take on a new role and a new job, the most important things are your guys that are currently here. As much as, you know, we want to make sure we bring in the next top talent, um, it starts with home. So for me, it's just really getting to know the guys personally, uh, working guys out and individually, which we've been doing um, but also a combination of just playing catch-up with um, the guys that we're recruiting. You know, when I got here, you know, we had a calendar of just two, three guys coming in every single day. And um, I knew some of those guys, but not all of them. So really just getting acclimated with, um, I would say, 70% of our guys, but also getting on board and playing catch-up um, with the guys that we're recruiting. Coach, uh, what
1: was, uh, how much have you we had with EJ in the land since you've been um, since you've been on the staff?
2: I've had a little bit, Um, you know, I've been through that process in a different way. So I kind of understand what they're going uh, going through. When I originally got the job, I shot them a text, just letting them know that, hey, you know, I'm going to be here. Um, If you need anything from me, just reach out. But also giving those guys their space, because this is a very important part of their journey, part of their life. And just, you know, no pressure from, you know, our coaching staff and definitely not from myself. But I definitely spoke to those guys briefly um, when I first got the job.
1: Now, what was your level of familiarity with the uh, Ohio State program and Chris
2: Holman's career um, in general for coming sector? I mean, from a from a coaching standpoint, you know, Coach Holman has had history um, of success, obviously, when he was at Butler. Um, I just came from the Big East, and so if you know the Big East, you know that Butler's been very, very successful um, over the last decade or so. Um, as far as the program is concerned, I mean, it's, it's it's not a no-brainer. The Ohio State brand is such a big brand. Um, And for me, just being an East Coast kid, whether it's, you know, from a player, player's mentality or a a coaching mentality, it's definitely a brand and a place that I was excited when I initially got the phone call. Um, Maybe a little too overexcited because these things, you know, these jobs are very hard to get. Um, And when you kind of plant a seed or the seed is being planted as you go through the process, you're kind of going back and forth. Hey, am I going to get the job? Do I have a chance? Who am I up against? But just the whole excitement um, and th- through the process for me, um, I was excited to have the opportunity. And obviously once I got the job, it was just one of those things where I knew that the brand is something that I've, I've always wanted to be a part of. Obviously I just left Seton Hall where there was a success for three years that I was there, um, had some really, really good teams, um, had one of the best players in the country. Um, but when you get another opportunity to just kind of, uh, take that you know step up um, is something that excites you, and you know I'm just glad to be here. Getting
1: to know guys this last. Month? Uh, what has that process been like, and what are you kind of making of the guys that you have been able to work
2: out? With? I mean it's been you know it's been good you know i don't I don't believe in trying to force um, relationships. I think that when you get to somewhere that's new for you, it's got to be organic, you have to let it kind of run its course. Um, And obviously we're in the basketball, we're in the basketball world. And so the one thing that you have to do, the one thing that I've tried to do is just kind of try to get to those, those guys on the court. Um, I'm currently working with a a couple of guys that I'm, you know, obviously getting a little closer to, but over time, I think it's important um, to just let that thing kind of organically roll. Um, And we're here all summer. Those guys are here and, you know, that's just something that's kind of coming along.
1: And similarly with the rest of the staff, um, obviously, Coach
2: Holman and Ryan Team have been together for a long time. Yeah. Jerry Johnson, who just left, have been with them. Um, Jake Diegler is honestly part of the Ohio
1: State family. Mm-hmm. Just how have you, how is that meshing of, of coaching staff kind of worked for
2: you? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm the new guy. So it's it's day to day. One of the things that I was comfortable about with taking this job was just because even though I didn't um, directly know those guys, you know, basketball is a small business and I indirectly knew them through just so many different people in the coaching world and the coaching business. So. I was comfortable with coming on board Um, and, you know, Pete's been with coach for a long time. He knows the in in and outs of, you know, coaches, um, you know, his vision and his ability to coach and get things done. And, um, you know, Jake's done the same in just a short period of time. And so um, getting on board with guys like that, you know, I've been, it's been fun. You know, they've made things pretty easy for me transition wise. Um, And, you know, it's, it's not all serious and it's not all basketball, some jokes in there too. So, um, I've appreciated just working with those guys in just a short uh, amount of time. And
1: then this program obviously had a lot of success last year. It didn't end the way they wanted to, but there's some expectations, I think, around this program for getting increases in rankings mm-hmm. and even talking to the guys' expectations. So how do you kind of handle coming into this program for the first time and balancing expectations that we still have work to
2: do? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you got to always – keep two feet on the ground. Once we get past all the hoopla, the most important thing is what goes on between those lines every single day. Um, And that's just something that, you know, obviously I'm, I'm glad to be a part of that's something that I've experienced myself. So from an expectation level, I was comfortable in taking um, this job because if you look at the program and the short amount of time that coach Hopman has been here, um, he's trending up. And when you look at this team, obviously that, you know, didn't end the way that it, they, they wanted it to end last year. You know, that's, that's, what, the, that's what the NCAA tournament uh, gives you. And you know, I was a part of it on the other end. Um, but having guys like EJ hopefully coming back and some of the guys that are going to have now the opportunity to step up, um, I think, you know, it's, it's trending up and we've got a chance to be really good. So I'm excited about that. What part of the game do you
1: hope to implement the kind business over at the in the
2: um, I think that, you know, it's just so many different things. I do – one of the qualities as a staff that I admire is just the youth. Um, you know, we're not that old of a staff. We can still kind of get out there on the floor, and there's nothing better in teaching than just getting out there on the floor. I know Coach Diebler is very good at that. So, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not that old as well, and I like to get out on the court and just building that trust factor with guys that, you know, letting them know that, hey, listen, no matter the situation or the moment in the game, I've kind of been through it. Um, And so far, it's been really good to just have guys that are really coachable, um, you know, because at the end of the day, you have to be able to listen in order to be in a situation in the game. When there's 20,000 people out there, your your listening factor is very, very important. Um, You can't go out there and make an adjustment if you're not listening. And so for me, it's just been good because I've had guys that have been pretty receptive and just building that trust factor with those guys on the floor. I think that's the biggest thing. Mentioning you, Chris, from from Buffalo what really sparked your relationship
1: during the interview process? Was it philosophical about how you guys pushed the game, interactions with players? Like what, what do you think went
2: well during the interview, during the interview process? Um, I think for one, Coach, you know, obviously he does his research as he should, um, but I was, I was pretty um, impressed with the fact that he knew so much about me personally without me having to tell him. He did his homework, you know, in a a detailed fashion. Um, But he just made my conversations with him, you know, maybe the initial one, I was a little nervous um, because, again, I didn't know him directly, know a bunch of different people. Um, But, you know, going into that second conversation, I was actually on vacation with my family and I remember him calling and he texted originally, it was a soft text. And then we spoke, started the conversation. But then a couple of days went by and I was like, yeah, I definitely don't have this chance. Um, but then when he called back, we spoke for probably almost an hour while I was on vacation with the family. And so that was, it was a relaxed conversation. I didn't feel any pressure. Um, it felt organic, didn't feel forced at all. You know, I had been in some, you know, I had some other opportunities where it's like, I felt like I was being interviewed from the first conversation to the second conversation. So this was a little bit different. And it just kind of got me a little bit more excited um, to, to be able to, Close and get the job, but you know he's just a real easy person to talk to. He knows this stuff. Uh, he makes you feel comfortable, and so when he called and offered me the job, it was it was a no brainer. Yes. <laughs> was there something
1: that you think that you did well in the interview process? Though.
2: Like, um.
1: Like, what did you bring to the table?
2: In my in my opinion, I just think I bring you know again something different from the outside, and I think that's what he was looking for um, as you know, uncomfortable, he, as he might've been with hiring someone that he doesn't know. Um, he did his due diligence and just the type of person that I am, the type of worker that I am. Um, and so I just think that, you know, he did his research, but from my standpoint, I think I bring something different outside of, you know, his coaching tree, um, outside of, you know, obviously, um, uh, Diebler's, you know, from Ohio and the Midwest, um, and having an opportunity to get a, a guy like myself who's from the, DM, the rich DMV, I'm a little biased, so I have to say rich DMV. Um, it's just a uh, – it's a positive thing to be able to get, get a guy like myself that knows that region that's maybe been untapped a little bit. Uh, along with my you said you have obviously extensive ties not out that way. How much do you expect your recruiting to be focused in that region as to be- Yeah, I think it's a it's a combination. I think that Ohio State's a national program. Um, So you can't just limit yourself to, you know, right down the road. And from a personal level, I'm not just going to limit myself to what I know. Obviously, um, organically, um, DC, I know it in the back of my head, but I got to get on the ground um, in Columbus, in Ohio, in regions that are, you know, two, three demographically that are two, three hours away, I think it starts with um, the home first. And I'm not going to be the assistant coach that just says, hey, well, these other two guys know the layer of the land a little bit better than me. So I'm going to sit back. I'm going to try to learn. I'm going to try to build relationships with those guys. The one thing that, you know, I've been very fortunate of uh, th- through my journey of hooping and coaching is, you know, just having to be a- the ability to just pretty much know everyone. And so when I got the job, um, it's ironic that, you know, a bunch of local coaches who I hadn't talked to in a while just kind of texted me um, congratulations. But, you know, these were uh, phone numbers that were there were already saved in my phone. So I had somewhat of a relationship with them. So I think it's going to be a combination of, you know, what I know in the back of my head, but what I need to learn um, locally and regionally and you know demographically as well building those relationships.
1: You talk about local coaches to be local here or local to back in D.C.? Or- no,
2: just just in general, just guys in general that, you know, I, again, I haven't talked to, you know, in a year or two. But at some point along the line in my coaching uh, career, whether it was a kid that I was recruiting, whether it was at Louisiana Tech, when I first got it, when I first got into coaching, um, Coach Eric Conklin told me, he gave me a big book this thick, said just call every coach that you need to call and, you know, I probably call 25% of it, but 25% is still pretty much a lot of coaches. Um, and when you're recruiting at that level, you kind of gotta you gotta find a diamond in the rough. And sometimes you establish relationships that you normally wouldn't establish, and um, that's been pretty good for me as well. So um, when I originally got that job, there were a few coaches that did reach out that locally. I was like, okay, so I do have a relationship at least to start from somewhere um, regionally. And when you talk about getting to work with guys individually and getting to build who have you
1: been able to work with i know all
2: the coaches kind of handle different responsibilities so i've been in the gym um pretty consistently with uh justin uh with jimmy and uh with uh, eugene those are my three guys that i've been we're actually just finished the workout with uh with uh eugene just now so getting to know those guys obviously high level uh shooter um jimmy sotos um he just actually broke a record the other day that everybody was questioning whether or not it was true, but I had three witnesses in the gym. So, um, Jimmy's a high-level shooter, obviously. Justin is as well. So, really just uh, getting a chance to know those guys and, you know, Eugene as well. Yeah, it was the, um, it was the, uh, the Celtic drill. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the Celtic drill. So, the Celtic drill, you get a minute to make as many shots um, as you can. And Jimmy made went around and back in a minute and three seconds. So that's currently um, the record here at Ohio State. So.
1: I uh, asked, what should I ask you? I asked a friend of mine who knows you. And he said, ask him about house hunting. Uh,
2: about what? Uh, how,
1: hunting for your new house. Oh, man. Yeah. They said you
2: haven't had much time uh,
1: with all the uh, point that you guys have had recruiting-wise
2: mm-hmm. any of that. Yeah, it's been whoever your friend is, he's not lying because that's been the situation. Um, it's been nonstop. And so the market and everything else that's going on right now has made it tough to just get a few minutes, to just be able to um, attack things personally, like finding a place to live. But we're getting a little closer to that towards the end of the month where i have a little bit more time um, as we roll into July. July is not going to be any easier, but there are a few days in there where, where I'm going to try to learn, trying to learn a layer of the land. I have a 14 year old that's pretty good. And so I want to find a balance of, you know, putting them in a good spot. But also I'm not a big driver and I've been fortunate um, at my first two stops where I was five minutes away from from campus. And Columbus is a lot bigger than that. So trying to find that balance of, you know, the right spot for my son, my kids. And then also not being stuck in traffic. I just came from, you know, outside of New York City traffic. So that wasn't fun at all. So I bought something close to the house.
1: When did you first start
2: coaching? So I started coaching. College basketball? Yes. Okay. I started coaching in 2015. Um, I was, I retired and shut it down, you know, top of 2014. Um, wasn't it, Yeah, from playing professionally. Um, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do, but, you know, I was fortunate enough where one of my guys um, was coaching, you know, an AAU team and he said, just come in the gym and just, you know, help me out and just, just kind of took off with it. And um, shortly after a year later, um, one of my former coaches who was at the University of Miami um, got the job at Louisiana Tech and he called me up and, you know, that was my first opportunity May of 2015.
1: You mentioned Coach Hogan called you out text, you on your application. Mm-hmm. Did you have his number? What's that like when you're with the family and you said, "Hey, I got your take, this, this could be big." What What's that kind of conversation like?
2: Well, the first time he called me, I did not have his number saved. Um, it was a soft text. Um, and obviously, you know, after that text, I, uh, saved his number, but the second call while I was on vacation, you know, my fan, this is a basketball family. I've got, you know, my oldest son is 14. Um, my middle son is seven, almost eight. And so they're both basketball heads and basketball junkies. So I think they were probably more excited than I was, um, leading into it. And, you know, they're kids, they don't, they don't know how the business goes. So if they hear that, you know, pops is involved with Ohio state, they think that he already got the job. Um, so when I got the call, um, you know, it wasn't, you know, no pressure from the wife or the kids to just kind of step off and take the call. When, you, when you've when you had the recruits, you guys have had it. I mean, you can talk about this specifically, but what sort of
1: things have been able to, to try to tell them is name, image, likeness. I mean, that stuff's coming up here. How are you guys trying to coach recruits through that
2: as well? Figure out that's yeah, that's that's the big question, right? What, what exactly is the name, image, and likeness? Um, and I think the one thing that the staff um, has done a good job of is, you know, Ohio State is a brand. And at the end of the day, you have to have your personal brand. But when you can tie your personal brand into um, a brand like Ohio State, um, it's on the up and up. You know, again, there's no I don't think anyone really knows what this thing is and how it's going to be a year from now. I think it's going to be a bunch of um, you know turbulence and trying to figure this thing out. But When you have a place like Ohio State, who's been successful on, you know, just pretty much you know, all your sports, basketball, football, um, having that type of, you know, student body, um, all those things do matter when you're trying to generate income with your personal brand. Um, And that that type of visibility is important because you look at some of these other programs that are high level programs, they're also competing with, you know, major sports, Um, whether it's pro football, pro basketball, or whatever it is, Columbus does not have that. We are the pro sports in Columbus. And I think um, that's important for an individual that's trying to kind of, you know, weather the storm and understand this, um, NIL thing. Also looking forward a little bit, I know you're pretty focused on the here now, but you you could CC Paul around Thanksgiving when you guys go to Fort Myers. Yeah, I've heard. Has that affected your
1: thinking at all? Or has that crossed your mind? That's, that's
2: so far down the line. Um, it's definitely something that's been brought up. Um, that's my family. So at the end of the day, you know, if we end up going to war, um, it is what it is, but, you know, Trying to just take it one day at a time.
1: Aside from the whole Korean um, business, Monday to Thursday, I'm just of it. last week, you guys also got the opportunity to sort of go out and see guys live after like, it's been a dead period. Getting those opportunities back to see. People.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, I mean, it was great just, just to be able to get out on the road. We haven't had a chance for a year and a half. And more importantly, I was I was impressed with a lot of the kids just because it's it's so unf- we talk about us not being able to get out on the road, it's so unfair to them because when you think about it, when you're watching a seven a 17 and you game, you think about it, they didn't play last year. And then this previous year, most of those guys were playing 15U, and we weren't we're not watching 15U. So it's really their first chance um to play in that atmosphere and that type of pressure. And I was impressed with a lot of those kids just, you know, having a um, just having that, you know, sort of, um, you know, pressure to be able to play when they haven't really played at that level. So it's been great on both sides just getting a chance to get out. And, you know, I'll say the same for this weekend as we kind of move around.
1: Uh, what was your re- reaction like by other people, whether it's coaches now or people that know of you
2: you walk out to the block o and start to out and and started the play Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's, you know, in my six years of coaching, I've always been that guy. I don't – I know a lot of people, but I don't – necessarily want to say hi to a bunch of different people in the gym. So naturally that's kind of who I am. So I, I kind of had to put that aside and just take, uh, take it for what it was. Cause it was definitely a double load of, you know, Hey, what's up, man. You know, congrats. Um, especially cause I did go to DC. So it was a little bit different, um, you know, being at the and, you know, having that Jersey on, I mean, I'm sorry. I said Jersey, I'm still in player mode, having that polo on. Um, it's definitely something to be proud of. And, you know, I'm excited and a lot of people are excited as well.
1: You mentioned earlier that you just probably sort of lost on different staff, but aside from natural
2: on-court coaching stuff, coaching stuff. What do you think you bring to the staff from a career angle? Um, I think there's it, uh, a couple of different things. Um, I've been able to just kind of build, really, really, and I use this word a lot because I really believe it. Just organic relationships. Um, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of the people that I have relationships with around my age so they kind of know my history Um, we have kids that are the same age and when you have that ability to just be able to build a a real relationship with people people trust you with their kids at the end of the day i say it all the time you know i want to do the same thing to your son that you would do to my son Um, and i just think that that's that goes a long long way especially when when you start from the bottom and just kind of rise to the top you know you're not at Louisiana Tech. You're not getting the top 100 kid. You're not getting the top 150 kid, but you're getting really, really talented players from all sorts of different places. Um, and when you're able to build those type of relationships and be successful with those kids, those same coaches, high school coaches, AAU coaches, they have players for you in the top 50 and top 100 as well. And they trust you because you've been able to it with kids that, you know, obviously you wouldn't recruit at um, Ohio State, but they, they know who you are. Uh, I'll end one last question there. You may, you mentioned DMV, you were part of the team takeover down at DC with the UBL. You mentioned the top 50,0 kids. A lot of those guys play on that side of the top
1: mm-hmm. And when I talked to you before you sort of got an out job, they mentioned you're acting as an evaluator of talent. Um, are you how feel now that you have to sort of take like another step up in the job? You look at these different guys. What are you supposed to find when it comes the brand guys getting phone
2: I mean, I mean to start with, I think that you, this, is, this is such a unique and such a top-tier program. Um, there's so many different things that you have to um, evaluate. And you're not necessarily going to have, you know, if you have a checklist of seven things, you're not necessarily going to check off all those things. Um, but I think the most important thing is just making sure um, you're getting the right type of guys that are going to lead your program on the court and off the court um, from a physical standpoint, um, from, a, from a talent standpoint, the Big Ten is the best league in college basketball. So from a skill set standpoint, you obviously have to be able to do a few things really, really, really well to be even, you know, on a recruiting radar. Um, and so it's just a different combination of different things. Um, knowing the game, I always put myself in the position of when I'm on the floor and I'm watching the kid, you know, whether it's a big or whether it's another guard. Can I put myself in the position? Can I play with him? Because um, that's just the mindset that you have to have a co- as a coach. Obviously, you're not on the floor with those guys, but you're coaching those guys. Um, so I think that's a big, a, a big part, a big part of just the evaluation process. Can can I see myself on the floor and going to war with those guys? You mentioned during the hiring process, that mm-hmm. you we're
1: kind of like, do I have it? Do I not have it? And you said you've been coaching for six years, and that caught my attention. Does this seem quick to you to get to a place like Ohio State? With just Six
2: years, and I don't mean that in just yeah. Specific,
1: but, you know, a lot of guys put in a lot of
2: time to go make it someplace like this. yeah. For sure, I, I think it's you know everybody's path and everybody's journey is different. Um, I think for one, I'm 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 blessed to have the opportunity. That's the first and most important thing. I'm blessed, um, but I don't compare myself to you know anyone else that's been in coaching because again, everybody's journey is completely different. You have guys that have been coaching for, you know, 20, 30 years and don't get to the high major level. You have guys that have been coaching two, three years and they get to the high major level. Um, It it doesn't bother me. Um, If you look at my track record, I've always been a chip on the shoulder type of guy. And I apply that to, you know, how I live life and obviously, you know, how I coach. Um, So I think the most important thing is just understanding that this is an opportunity. It's a blessing. um, And that's just really just kind of the way I look at it.
1: you mentioned how competitive it is. NBA is, and basketball. So everybody's going to be talented. What would you say was
2: the biggest hurdle? Working hard in the I can't really hear you. Um, so <laughs> we mentioned
1: how hard it is to be at the big team. Um, so that means like a lot of teams are going to be talented. So it's going to be important to have a strong budget. Yep.
2: The I think it's been it's been. I mean, again, it's it's early. Um, we're not we're not coaching, you know, in games right now, but just the couple of practices and couple of team sessions that we've had just the unison and just kind of everybody just being on the same page. Um, it's made my it's made my job a little bit easier just because guys are pretty much self-motivated. Um, you know, I'm not a big rah-rah guy. But at the same time, if, if that's what's needed, I can be that guy. But I haven't had to do that just yet. Obviously, I'm getting warmed up, get getting a chance to know everybody. But I would say just the unison of guys kind of pulling each other up, um, motivating each other. It's almost like having 14 coaches on the floor because you see guys just kind of cheering each other up in a positive way. So I think when you have that type of a culture, um, you got a chance.
1: Uh, we'll finish up one more question here, and then we'll finish up with one on Twitter or uh, Zoom. Uh, You've uh, you uh, you
2: you got he, what now? To okay, yeah. And go. I mean, the whole role was That's motivation. I'm just curious to see how much you talked about it. Is it
1: something that is very present inside I
2: mean, you know, it's one of those things because it's like it's, it's, it's the NCAA. Keep it in the back of your brain as well. Um, it's, and it's those type of um, moments and those type of memories that you kind of take onto the court when you go to work every single day, because when you have that opportunity again, you, you don't want to make the same mistake. Um, like I said, I, I've been on the other end of that, um, you know, as a player, and as a coach, you know, at Seton Hall, we were the number, we were the, we were in, we were an eight seed, but we had a really, really, really good team with Miles Powell his junior year. We went into that tournament kind of the favorite against Wofford and we laid an egg. Um, and the one thing that we did, obviously, unfortunately, because of COVID we ended up coming back and being two, we were going to be a two seed that following year. And I think the one thing that the team did a really good job, not us as coaches, but players, they did a really good job of bringing that up internally all the time. Like, hey, listen, if we win this game, this game doesn't matter because we got to be prepared for the NCAA tournament because we remember what happened. And I would imagine that that's the same approach that these guys are going to have. Just knowing moving forward that no matter how good we're playing, no matter how you know position that we're in, we got to make sure that when we have this next opportunity, we make the most of it because it's it's winning is hard. Winning consistently and for four or five games in the NCAA tournament is very very hard. It's not easy, but if you have the mindset, um, the right mindset, you have a chance. All right, and we'll finish up with our last ones on Zoom from
1: Colin Hassel. Go ahead, Colin.
0: Hey Tony, I was just wondering, do you have any, you know, positional focuses or specific game plan focuses or duties that that you know about right now, or are those going to come down the line?
2: Yeah, I think that's something that we're going to, um, you know, we're going to discuss um, later on um, with the staff. You know, right now it's just been busy. It's just, you know, again, it's been nonstop with two or three guys coming in and out. Um, but that's something that we're we're, we're going to get to a little bit later on down the line um, as a staff. And and I know you mentioned,
0: you know. You're, you're a little bit different in that you're coming from the outside without previous connections to Ohio State or, or Chris Holtman or, or anybody else in the program. What, what do you think
2: can be beneficial about that? Um, just a different voice. You know, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of listening. I don't think you can develop in life if you don't listen. And the one thing that I've, um, I've been impressed with, you know, with Coach Holtman is, you know, obviously he's, he's the head coach. Um, and when it's all said and done, it's going to be his call. But when you sit there in a staff meeting where so many different voices are helping him to make a decision, um, you know, it helps you. Um, it gives you the confidence to make sure that you give your opinion. Um, and so I would just say just from the outside, coming in, coming from a different league, um, you know, coming from a different space, just giving it just a different voice, you know, whether I'm right, whether I'm wrong, is just something a little bit different um, than what what he's been used to with, you know, obviously coach Pete and, now, with Coach Diebler being here for a couple of years, just a different voice.
1: Appreciate it. Right, Coach, thank That's you it. for your time. That's it. That was good. That's good. I uh, appreciate you guys. It was a full 25 minutes. Appreciate
2: it. Appreciate it. That was 25, huh? Yeah.
1: <laughs> you didn't even
2: want to go. No, nah, I definitely didn't. <laughs> appreciate y'all, man. Thanks, All right. Thanks, Coach.